Petty, oh so petty. <laughs> I feel petty and wetty. No, that's not good. And we're back. <laughs> no, don't write music anymore. Oh, DJ, yes, welcome. music lyricist. No, <laughs> I have to express myself. Welcome back <laughs> to another episode of Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Uh, this is the tone you're going to get from us, people. We're reviewing West Side Story today in an Oscars profile. You know, the movie that just came out and like broke all the Oscars rankings by every pundit and person in this profession saying that it's like the best of the year. Um, I'm your co-host, Mike One. Co-host also, Mike. Do we feel the same? No. We, but we do this every year, too. And I, just looking at our listens this year, we got our year-end listens, and, and we doubled our listenership thank you from for that. 2019, yes. which is congratulations, buddy. I mean, but, but thank you to everybody out there, yeah. because somehow Sincerely. that happened. I don't know how. Like, 2020 was, a, was an increase, but it wasn't like a huge increase. We were a little bit discouraged, but whatever. But we doubled it from 2019. An influx and we, of people looking for more analysis about those who poop in buckets, and we appreciate right. you. You're heard. Yeah. We almost doubled it from last year, which is insane. Uh-huh. And the, the point I'm getting around to, about, besides the pat on the back, is... That we do this every year. Like, you literally do this every year. But the, the thing is, I don't try to. Runner. I don't try to. Like, this you, it's No, so... you, uh, you try to. No, you I really don't. I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I take the... offense to that. And I think that's why we get listens, because it's so genuine. And I'm I think so it's only a it. bit, and you're completely disingenuous, <laughs> just in general that's, as a person. I no, so but badly look, to like we do this things. every year. We do. We do. And I want so badly to like all of these things, but, like, you're right. There's just... When the parade happens, maybe we get jaded ahead of time. Maybe it's just that our expectations go so high up the the chart that we, there's nowhere to go but down. But the, uh, come on, guys! <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I uh, unfortunately, I'm with you on this 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 corner of the world where the parade is happening outside our doors and everybody is jumping out their windows naked and frolicking in that parade and we are still in the house and the heat and doesn't work grumbling. anymore <laughs> we're just Fully shivering cold. cold and miserable yeah look th- th- we're going to be as we always say when we have one of these which like mike just said inevitably happens every year annually now. every year we're going to be honest, and Mike and I, we, we do share notes, and sometimes we disagree, and sometimes we'll have huge blow-offs off-air about Frozen 2, but sometimes <laughs> we're going to see a front-runner the same way, and it's going to be a minority opinion, and it's not going to be just me taking the piss out of Parasite and everyone else and taking on everyone else. Uh, my lovely co-host will join in, and we'll happen to see something that just we don't think works, but we're going to be honest about why we don't think it works, and... You know, like always, if you disagree with us, we want to hear from you. What matters to us most is your thoughts on that. So be sure to tweet us. Be sure to to hit us up on Facebook and Instagram. Let us know why we're right, where we're wrong. But let's go forward. Let's talk about West Side Story. If you've not joined us before for an Oscars profile, you're going to get two reviews for one episode. The first half will be spoiler-free. We're not going to give away anything about the plot of West Side Story. We'll try to keep it specifically to an Oscars lens. You'll be non-spoiler. If you haven't seen the movie yet, you're in a safe space. It won't be ruined for you. You'll get a spoiler warning at the halfway point of the episode. The second half of this episode will be all spoilers and our thoughts on the ins and outs twists and turns of the plot so mike let's introduce west side story let's talk about it let's start going through its oscars paces 
Okay, so this is based on a 1957 stage play by I hated it. No, go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Jerome Robbins, Leonard Bernstein, and Stephen Sondheim. And the story overall is credited to the book by Arthur Laurentiis. Of course, Michael, in 1961, West Side Story was adapted into a feature film co-directed by Jerome Robbins from the stage production and film director Robert Wise, who'd go on to a career with The Sound of Music four years later, etc. But 1961's West Side Story wound up getting 11 Academy Award nominations, winning 10 of those, including... Score, editing, sound, costumes, art direction, cinematography, director, supporting actress Rita Moreno, supporting actor George Shakaris, and of course, 1961-62's Best Picture. I'm very curious to to know and to, to hear this story uh, of your experience back in 1961 when you mm. went back in time like last night right. in Soho and Rio. No, but what, what was your experience growing up with West Side Story? Because Mom One is a big fan. Well, once I returned from the war, we called it the war back in the... No, yeah, Ma, this is one of Mom One's favorite movies of all time. And so I, of course, brought her to the remake and she does play a prominent role, as I think also Mom does uh, with what we're going to talk about going on in this review later on. But this, uh, the original 61, I was <laughs> forced, for lack of a better word, to watch it numerous times in my upbringing as it was one of her favorite movies i you know when i was watching west side story i think i was like eight or nine or seven something like that i so i didn't really understand what the hell i was watching i just knew it was an old movie and like all kids forever will always think anything old is bad so i just remember having negative memories of it and like being forced to sit through it as opposed to appreciate it at the time uh, that, you and Schmave weren't dance fighting around the, the house just we, snapping we no. were but not because of west side story that had more to do with our upbringing and mental capacities at the time yeah Okay, very good. I uh, did not experience West Side Story until three years ago when I reviewed it on the show. Also, Mom was not a fan growing up. So this is a rare uh, variation where Mom won and also Mom come at odds. (laughs) I've never seen that. Uh, happened before on the show. I guess if they had a podcast, they would they would have one of those divisive episodes. Mom, Mom, and Oscar Wilde. Yeah, Uh, I do think that I respect the original film and i mentioned it when when i reviewed it on an mmow years ago mm-hmm. i mean production design uh, i i think the costumes are incredible and i think that there's some issues so that that's <laughs> i i wish i had a different experience this time around i don't know if i did i will get to it but i, I think steven spielberg had a mom one experience with uh, West Side Story. He loved the music, which is tremendous, by the way. Mm -hmm. The music is just next level, Stephen Sondheim. In 2014, he expressed interest to 20th Century that he wanted to do it, and they immediately secured the rights because when Steven Spielberg expresses interest, you want to make movies (laughs) with Steven Spielberg. So he actually becomes free to pursue the project. Uh, He hires the Munich and Lincoln screenwriter that he's worked with several times tony kushner tackled the adaptation there and he hoped to direct west side story after indiana jones 5 but of course you know harrison ford he's a little young for indiana jones 5 they want to just delay that a few years yeah. well it's, let him you gotta let him grow into, into his face yeah 
they got to let them, you know, take take a little more time before they run them around uh, and chase them with Nazis for two hours. They want him to actually look in real life like the Nazi whose face melted off at the, you know. <laughs> so they delay Indiana Jones 5 and West Side Story comes back to the forefront of uh, Steven Spielberg potential projects in 2018. So it was fast tracked for a 2019 production. Ansel Elgort's one of the first guys to sign on after Baby Driver and Ariana DeBose, Rita Moreno, David Alvarez, all cast to star alongside new discovery straight out of high school, Rachel Zegler. And there's been absolutely no news or controversy attached to any of the players involved since. All right, let's talk about some... We're going to talk more about that, obviously. Uh, let's talk about how this movie's been received so far. And the parade's a very real thing. Uh, yeah. 93% on 253 Rotten Tomatoes critic scores at last check. It's got an 86 meta score. What are we doing here 86 <laughs> metascore beloved audiences love it too 95 percent on rotten tomato on a thousand votes and 8.1 on over 8,000 votes on imdb it's got an a cinema score okay so people who saw it whether they're critics or audience members really enjoyed it except there just weren't that many people who bought tickets because the box office for its opening weekend was a relatively disappointing 10.5 million dollars domestically that's worse than in the heights that's barely better than what dear evan hansen did uh tom yeah. brueggemann wrote about it on indie wire mike what is what do you think about what tom had to say about the opening for west side story I love how Tom puts things into context, and he talks about pros and cons. So he's been a guy we've uh, been highlighting for a mm-hmm. while because the box office out there has just been so mysterious. Try to trying to figure on, out yeah. how to read the industry. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys. We 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 got to ask Tom yeah. to come on. But I think he's rational, and he covers it from one one angle and says that the national media TMZ, for for instance, called it a flop, and the national media is covering the the underperformance at the box office, and clearly there's a lot of blame going around to the casting of Ansel Elgort. Now, there's some precedent, uh, recent precedent, like you said, within the Heights, 11.5 million, but he also characterized that as a complicated release strategy and a complex case. It was day and date and in the throes of COVID, yeah. And it's in the throes of, it's right at the you know, at the rejuvenation of right. the box office after COVID in a way where how much was it? Subscription numbers. COVID matter. chapter one anyway. <laughs> Piracy risk yeah. is, is something to factor in. Who knows what In the Heights would have done otherwise. There was also a scandal around In the Heights at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, not enough Afro-Latino actors that we covered. So Brueggemann discusses some of that. He also uh, factors in the fact that West Side Story is impeccably timed. It's timed... F- for the holidays here. So does it necessarily need to make the opening weekend as much as usual typical movies need to make that opening weekend because it's going to play, you know, through the Christmas holiday and every single one of those days can potentially be like a weekend box office gross, especially during the kids Christmas vacations. We've seen it in the past with the greatest showman. Now, is this going to be the greatest showman or does uh, the media hanging, the quote-unquote media hanging, turn into a fait accompli. All of these are Bergerman's words. So make sure you're reading him on IndieWire and, you know, make sure you're 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 following this going forward because I'm fascinated by this case study. I don't know what Westside's going to do going into and through these holidays. Will they just pull it off, pull it out, and put it onto the uh, VOD? Because I think it'll do well there, as you know, with the with the audiences that we think are staying home, Mike. Or do they leave it out in, the, in theaters? I mean, we've talked about Disney wanting to make all the money. Uh-huh. What are they going to do? Adult dramas aren't 
doing well by and large. Owen Kleberman, I read his uh, recap too for Variety, and he and I don't see eye to eye often, but he actually did some uh, uh, analysis into the box office himself. And the only adult drama that's really had any legs of late, ironically, has been House <laughs> of Gucci. Um I I don't know what that's chalked up to. He says he doesn't believe. Well, they made a cartoon though. They made, <laughs> they made a Saturday morning. Right, right. So it could be a family film, is what you're saying. He's saying he he says he doesn't think it was all due to Lady Gaga. I have to believe it wasn't all due to Lady Gaga, but maybe it was. But nonetheless, you would think, and I'm paraphrasing his words, something as seeped into the culture as a beloved West Side Story with this like heroic attachment to it that Steven Spielberg is going to bring would do better than a $10 million opening for Christmas movie still. So who knows? It was a young crowd this weekend uh, when I went uh, to Don't Look Up, and it was a much bigger crowd at Don't Look Up than it was Mm. for either being the Ricardos or West Side Story. And that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because the, I mean, the goods are there to be delivered, but okay, You'd like to see a, an Oscar frontrunner get do better in its first weekend. We'll, we'll see how, or it, how it has be legs. good at all. Let's talk about its <laughs> awards resume, Mike. <laughs> Look, we talked about the strong resume going into last week with AFI, NBR. Uh, it's a late breaker, and yet it still is doing well early. So that's uh, a testament to Steven Spielberg. It's a testament to the to the actual parade going on, and it's since added to its resume. The African American Film Critics Association put it up for Best Picture. It's a top ten film for them. St. Louis nine nominations. Phoenix two wins. Uh, one for Ariana DeBose and for a top 10 film selection. Golden Globes, four nominations, including Comedy or Musical Best Picture, Director, Lead Actress Rachel Zegler in Comedy or Musical, and Supporting Actress Ariana DeBose. And of course, the big winner, along with Belfast in terms of nominations, at the Critics' Choice Awards. Picture, Director, DeBose, Moreno, Zegler's in the young actor category, but fine. Ensemble adapted cinematography, editing, costume, and production design. So a crafts player, as well as the major categories. Here's the plot premise of what this movie has in store. An adaptation of the 1957 musical West Side Story explores forbidden love and the rivalry between the Jets and the Sharks, two teenage street gangs of different ethnic backgrounds. So... It's an awards player. Uh, we're going to keep talking about the Oscars lens throughout. This is kind of a, the setting of the table. We talked about, we teased a little, I guess, what our expectations were. You got to this movie before I did. You saw it in theaters, and I think you went multiple times to theaters to watch it. Mm-hmm. Going into your first watch, Mike, what were you expecting, and how high or tempered were your expectations based off of the pundit parade that was happening? I was encouraged by the pundit parade because a lot of people I trust. Yeah. <laughs> Who I'm betraying today, <laughs> stabbing them in the back. No, a lot of people I trust love the film, and it was it was pushing the fact that it was a remake necessary at the end of the day, even though they had all admitted it was not necessary because they loved the original film. So I was left kind of irritated after a lot of the same sins, story mm-hmm. sins in my mind, Again, I'm not a huge fan of the original in terms of its screenplay, and I I, I want to be fair with this today, despite of all the crap we're talking. I found the same problems with it, the same aggravations with the story, so that that I don't connect with the characters for the last hour, yeah. and that's where I'm at. I like the first ninety minutes, the last hour. Real uh, serious problems. Yeah, uh, I watched this for the first time after you, and you. 
uh, and I talked about your viewing experience and your assessment, uh, I guess, to tease a little bit of what's to come in spoilers, was immaculate first hour, WTF second hour. Uh, So those were kind of my expectations. And here's my own assessment after watching it and going in with those. I fell asleep twice in the first hour. (laughs) And I laughed maniacally because my mother, Mom One, again, loves West Side Story, the original, one of her all-time favorite movies. I took her to the theater to see this. She turned to me not once but twice during the second hour, out of the blue, unprompted. I had not said anything about my feelings towards the movie at that point and just turned to me and just goes... This is really stupid. (laughs) Yeah, it's not going well from our corner of the world uh, for West Side Story, unfortunately. We're the North Side. I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to go there. I'll stop the dad jokes because it's not a time for dad joking. It's a time for serious critical analysis. How does this happen? How does this happen? I don't know. Like, Shape of Water, it happened. Yeah. Green Book, it happened. Parasite for you, it happened. You know, are I we, couldn't are even we, argue with you. Are we too tied to stories? Why did I like we gotta like production values more because we should. Well, that's what we I'm should. saying. Like, I could I could see we're gonna talk about nominations. I I, I love some of these performances. I love some of this below the line stuff. But I'm just if I'm sitting there and the story doesn't get me, man, I'm I'm out. I need to be such an escapist, yeah. that I need to be. T- I totally buy into the story that I I have to you know fantasize about living through them, and I have to be lost in it. I, the movie does not do that no, for me, not at all. Same because I'm sitting there shaking my fist at the screen. Why? Why would you do this? Why would you do that? And it's not just. It's not just something that I had a problem with this time. It's the same problems I had with the 1961 version that I forgot going into this version because I didn't know the source material like perhaps I should have. I like that we've been doing this long enough that we're starting to get a complex unto ourselves. Like, are are we the bad guys? (laughs) We might be straight up villains. We might be straight up villains, Oscar villains, because that's like we turn heel every year. But I can't, I cannot help it. I, I, I will, I will never watch this movie again. I won't. I, I hated my experience in the theater with it. I did. I just, I hated it. That being said, I think we can't help but read the room and the overall room of this uh, being the the parade going. Oh, on Oh, we're out in the minority and- heavily. Yeah, but we're we haven't heard our opinions anywhere else, right. and there's a lot of people that we trust. They're also reading the room. They have sources. They're mm-hmm. looking at it. We'll shine a spotlight today on our buddies at uh, Next Best Picture and, and discuss where they have everything ranked. And I agree with them. Best Picture, it's second on their list right now. Uh, director Steven Spielberg is third. Adapted screenplay Tony Kushner is second, and that's. They're entrenched mm-hmm. right now in top threes as contenders. Editing, it's fourth. This is Sarah Brashar of The Post and Ready Player One, a new school uh, Spielberg collaborator. And Michael Kahn, all-time great editor from Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Raiders of the Lost Ark, two-time Oscar winner there. Uh, the, an old-school Spielberg collaborator. They joined forces on this one, and here we got, you know, what we got... <laughs> So they are to blame is what I'm trying to say. No, uh, we have a major Oscar contender and for for good reason in terms of how you read the punditry, how you read the uh, the room, like we're saying. Yeah. And like you, you tried to say there were some fixes that Spielberg and Kushner did put forth uh, to kind of adapt and, and make right and make good out of some things that 
uh, some problems, some representation Obvious problems and equality problems, problems, problems that, that happened from 61. And the credit should go to them for doing so. Absolutely. And I'll say it again. I mean, as Oscar pundits and historians here, to have Rita Marino still in 2021 be the only Latinx actor to win any acting uh, Academy Award is reprehensible. It is, but uh, hopefully it's therapeutic for her to to do it differently this time. Yeah, and uh, to to fix a lot of the issues from the. I mean, the makeup and the casting is just un, these are unforgivable sins. Mm-hmm. Even even for a movie that was trying to be progressive back then, and it's these the, the major problems and you, you, what a black mark on the industry uh, that that those were. Per- I just, I mean, I don't get it. I, I don't understand how different, they could even think back then. Yeah, I mean, that, that was times okay. And it's totally gross. Yeah, it does not hold up. I agree. It does not hold up. Now, that being said, like, those are the overdue updates. But I, I was interested in this adaptation because he dulls a lot of the fantasy elements of the original, like the fantasy, the neon lights, the Suspiria mm-hmm. lighting, and the production design. That was dreamlike. It was hyper real. It was. It was something where the colors and the camera work go over the top with style to make you, you know, kind of think you're in this fairy tale situation. Whereas, you know, for what you could say about a story where the characters break out in song and dance every 10 minutes, yeah. this one is more realistic. It There is a level of realism where I think, I, I mean, I give him credit on how he pulls that off and layers it through and is consistent in terms of the tone and the delivery of this 2021 West Side Story. Yeah, I echo your sentiment there. I'm getting a little tired of seeing every drama be shot with that lens. That what I don't know what that what the lens is, but like that kind of dull palette color. But whatever. Yeah, he uh, Spielberg does well to keep the the tenor and the tone of the movie consistent throughout. I agree with you, and you're in this movie's version of reality for as long as it'll keep you there. I didn't think we were going to get as much dance fighting, which has its charms <laughs> back back in the day, but we really didn't get any dance fighting. We didn't get the goofball stuff from the first movie. That it, Again, that has its own charms, which I enjoyed. On I, had, I rewatched West Side Story twice for this, before and after, the 1961 version as well. So, I, look, I think that there are... Uh, updates to this that 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 are really uh complex and i thought spielberg did a wonderful job blending that does that get him a best director nom i don't know does that get kushner a dirt nom i don't know i mean the problem is they staunchly kept the same plot and i have problems with the original and the immortalization of that movie And the 10 Oscars and the 60-plus years, 61 years of success for the original West Side Story film, I mean, that would argue against anything that my dumbass is going to mention <laughs> in terms of business maneuvers by by Spielberg and Kushner. However, like it's, I have the same problem. So I'm infuriated with the screenplay, even though I would predict it to get nominated. I'm higher on the editing than the screenplay, I guess, and I'm... I would not want it to get nominated for either director or picture, but I think it will. I, I could see what maybe one of those categories falling out. We see that happen legitimately from competition, etc. Yeah, what will happen at the Oscars versus what we think if we were the Academy are going to be two very, very different things. But that's where I'm at. Like, I think editing is phenomenal. I really enjoy the editing. There's I thought some, it plays. It's smooth. I get it, and I can see it, but there's some editing stuff in there that I was just like, what? How did this get... when? 
there's a scene where Ansel Elgort needs to be like held down and tackled from like reaching for a knife or a gun at some point, and it's like it looked so bad. I could not believe that it's looked so jarring and out of place. There's some other little stuff too. I might mention in spoilers. It's not really that big of a deal, but like I, I don't know, man. Even the editing, I was I was expecting more from. Really? No, I don't. I didn't. I didn't notice any of that. I, to me, the movie plays and it flows fairly well mm-hmm. maybe you were waking up from your nap it could be i don't could know be. i can't trust you i can't trust you because you see no i don't know i don't know I, I didn't i don't feel the same way i i i thought the uh the musical numbers flowed well i thought the scenes were good for a while and and the the big dramatic arguments for the first 90 minutes really worked and you know they they could bend over backwards to convince you of some things that completely undercut the rest of the story, in my opinion. I'll get to that in spoilers. But, like, the script was really working on me. That's why I'm, like, frustrated. Because uh, the next two categories we're going to discuss here, Mike, in addition to some of the highs of the script, like, they're gr- there's great aspects to this 2021 West Side Story. There are great performances, and there are great production values the highs are very high agree a thousand percent with that assessment and this is another one of those where it's like i'm not saying this isn't academy level in some aspects i could absolutely see this being nominated if i was the academy i probably would have it nominated for a couple things look as far as performances go i could see myself advocating for as many as four of them to find nomination at the end of the day uh i don't necessarily know that i would fall in line with where the punditry has them overall Rachel Ziegler is great in this. I mean, she's she's, awesome. she's fantastic, and she is a superstar, if not in the making, then already made. I just twenty years old. Yeah, I, I just don't know. I mean, I, I tweeted this, and I feel the same. If if that's Kristen Stewart's biggest competition, I don't think there's much of a race there. But she, it's not to take away from Rachel Ziegler. Rachel Ziegler was phenomenal in this. Rachel Ziegler is coming off of a high school play. That's the last thing she it's acted crazy. in before this. Shrek playing Fiona, uh, and then she's cast. <laughs> By Steven Spielberg to play Maria in in West Side Story. Uh, Unbelievable that she can even hang. But it's more than that. She has such a presence throughout this movie. The confidence that the to to sing and dance in front of everybody. But then she nails like the huge emotional Mm -hmm. scenes. Like I believe the emotion. I mean, we do this year round, you know, analyze these performances and she completely stacks up. So I'm a little higher on her than you. I kind of have two tiers at best actress right now. I have my top three in Stuart Coleman and Cruz. And then I have my next four and Tessa Thompson, Renata, Agatha, Amelia, all of which probably are on the outside looking in that need to be, you know, like, you know they they need to get some kind of love or something they got to be the indie route and to get in so i like put ziggler in between those so i'm guessing she's gonna get nominated she is in my top five right now if i'm being honest i would have no problem with with her landing a nomination and she's just she's the second best performance in the movie in my opinion ariana debose is the best agree it's her movie i i mean anita was rita moreno's movie uh, uh, West 61 was Rita Moreno's movie for that matter. So I love that performance. There's, nobody could dance like her in this film, Ariana DeBose. It's unbelievable. Like, it's just eye-popping how she's able to pull off all those moves with that much charm and personality. And then she, talk about nail the emotional scenes. My God, she's got all this range in those. I mean, going from Schmigadoon to this. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's been in Hamilton. She's a Broadway star. I mean, the, just cutting her teeth in, in, in New York, it's just fitting that she's the standout of this film. 
I don't get the Rita Moreno surefire nomination. And stuff, I worry about that's... cannibalization too between Moreno yeah. and Ariana DeBose. Because to me, I'm with you. I don't look. It's great to see Rita Moreno, and she's fun on screen. She plays a fun character. She plays, uh, you know, a, an altruistic character. Yeah. But she's in like five scenes total, and for not all that long. With, and she's not utilizing. Five yeah, with it, and she doesn't. She doesn't have a lot of plot heft. She doesn't have a lot of emotion tied to her, save for maybe one time, which we're going to talk about in spoilers. And the one time she does have a ton of emotion, to, it's completely undercut by her by the screenplay. I wonder if they cut some of his scenes and therefore cut some more of hers. But I do. I still think she she's got a, a funny scene and she's got a great song. And I love that. And I, yeah, I love the role she plays. I, I just, you know, I don't see I don't see the, the necessity that she's got to get nominated. But I, am I going to get mad at her nomination? No. I just, you know, it's just a competition thing. I mean, it's, a, you know, I get why she's being considered and she has moments. But when you compare her to the rest of the field, it, it's kind of hard to do that. She's also got the working against her that Leo Ariana DeBose is and, and Catriona about. I always do that. Katrina, (laughs) excuse me. They're like so instrumental to the plots of their films, just like Rita Moreno was to the first West Side Story. And we've seen so many, you know, basically co-leads win the category. They should almost have their own category that it's, she's at a disadvantage. Yeah, Moreno's narrative, I think, is easier to uh, understand and embrace. But I think apples to apples, the Bose has the more stereotypical, I guess, supporting Oscars level supporting right. performance. So I think if they're both there, it's gonna I think it's gonna be hard enough for something from this movie to win supporting actress. I mean I think it's, I still think Anjanu, I still think Anjanu Ellis is, is the best. So if these both performances make the field, I would worry about cannibalization. It's becoming quite the good race yeah. in supporting actress. I'm I'm excited about that one. Speaking of races, but I mean, I'm I don't know what to make of supporting actor, but I think there's like 20 deep yeah. of the similar tiered performances. And Mike Faced and uh, David Alvarez are two of those 20, in my opinion. I think they're both really great. They're two massive talents. Like, we don't get to see dancers of this caliber and athleticism that often. David Alvarez was a Tony winner at 10 years old, Mike, for Billy Elliot. And then he does his education thing and he goes off, he's backpacking around the country just hanging out being young and awesome and then he gets a call from Steven Spielberg hey how about you come back to the industry <laughs> and showbiz and be you know and be uh uh Bernardo I'm in for either one of these being nominated too I lean just personal preference more towards face because I always tend to side with the supporting performance that has more emotional range to portray uh and that's clearly what the character of Riff has to deal with but Alvarez was the antithesis basically of Riff he played it wonderfully he's calm and cool by being Bernardo he's seething with rage just below the surface yeah I'm with you both these guys were outstanding I agree with you I think face has got the meteor role he's also got the higher degree of difficulty because mm-hmm. his characters kind of goofier yeah. potentially or had the most of the cornball oldie stuff yep. that they had to reprise ah, and see? yeah yeah I, I again there's charms to that rewatching it twice i enjoyed that performance as or the character of riff in the previous film i just he made it cool somehow i don't know how it's it, it's a testament to his ability to act sing and dance so i think he should have a career now cast him in 20 films and cast Alvarez in 20 films and cast him in every Broadway production I mean these guys are that level of talented do they have to be nominated for Oscars this year I don't know if that's 
that's there, but it's such a wide open field. Right. And I think that's why I give it the benefit of the doubt, too, as far as saying I'd be okay with them nominating, because as far as I'm concerned, Katrina Balfe should be in and Anjanou Ellis should be in. And that's for both supporting categories right now. I'm not really married to anything else. Uh, I think there's a lot of open slots and I could be convinced if you want to make the case that this person should be in or that person should be in, I'm totally open to hearing the argument because I think it's that close amongst all these really good performances. And that's the highlight of West Side Story overall. I mean, the, the below the line stuff is great and the performances are really, really good. And I think because the performances are so good, you got to give Steven Spielberg some credit too because anytime a performance is that great, the director is the one getting out, getting it out of the actor. So yeah. I, I, I understand the Spielberg directorial stuff. I, I, I get it. I think he's done better yep. work. And I, I just wish he changed things a little bit. But uh, the audacity of this man <laughs> on the other side of the microphone from you telling me that, telling you that the story doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't. Ten time, Os- <laughs> ten time Oscar winner. But that's where we're at. Yeah. Uh, look, what, what also didn't work unequivocally is Ansel Elgort's casting. Now, was he bad in the film? No, it's just every scene ha- yeah. gets reinterpreted. He's a, it's a massive problem to the viewing experience, I think. I was actively rooting for his character to fail. I'm going to talk more about it in spoilers. I understand yeah. people who didn't come in with that. I, I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how to handle it. I'm just going to tell you how I handled it. We, we covered his sexual assault allegations against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've covered it two years ago. We covered it for a long segment. Uh, I don't know the episode off the top of my head. It, it didn't paint him in a good light in the sense that he did not defend himself well. And you you, you don't know. We, we said it. We don't know. Is he guilty? Is he not? We don't know. But the stuff that he was saying wasn't the, like, what, what do you, why are you saying it that why? And it's so, it, the it, allegations it are so specific. I can't, I just have a tough, I, you know, my stance is generally believe victims. That's how I approach it. But again, it, it, it short of that, short of getting into the, the morality of it, I think this movie did a great disservice with him and his role in it, regardless, in the lead up to you getting into the theater in the first place, which is what I'm going to try to focus on more. So it could not, yeah, it could not be more ill-timed yeah. for that production. I mean, that's the least of its problems, but sure, it's a problem. Uh, production values, Mike, some of these are stupendous. I, I like... I think the costumes are my favorite on the year, and I, I love the Dune costumes. Don't get me wrong; these costumes are incredible. Yeah, the, the reds, the red under the yellow on those dresses. Oh my God! I mean, they have close-ups on everything. I mean, they're featured. It's just, I, I didn't think they would do like the broad daylight version of West Side Story, but they did. And, and production all design of these colors that pop. Too. Yeah, I mean, the, the production design to clash it against the costumes deserves a highlight as well. The cinematography I was impressed by. There's not bones. There's like legitimately high level stuff. It's a Steven Spielberg production. Of course there are of like greatness, cinematic greatness within this movie. But yeah, my God, does it not hold itself together well at the center? I don't think. Oh, that's the thing. Like, I have major issues with this movie, and I also think it should be nominated for a minimum of five Oscars. So, <laughs> and, and yeah, that's where we're at. Like, if we're talking about the, the over-under, I have, like, PTSD of the Irishman and Mank in watching this movie. Because this yeah. felt like a movie that had such massive expectations and something people were already counting the chickens of before they saw it that... They got what they got in the movie, and they had to start talking themselves into it actually being that massive Oscars contender afterwards, even though they know deep down that this is, you know, an okay story. And that's what we're dealing... This is a movie. I cannot fathom having to sit through this movie again. The Post was better. 
I'm sorry. The post was a better viewing experience, and people were like very mad on the post. And I'm not being yeah. funny or cute. I think the post is a better Spielberg movie than West Side Story is. But again, and like we've been saying the whole time, I'm a story junkie. Mike, you are too. I give props to effective pacing. I give props to the degree of difficulty. And I think this movie lacked in both those areas across the board. And if that's how we're going to judge movie, that's how I judge movies. That's why I'm going to be more down on it than otherwise. Now, the point you were making, Mike, all of that said, it has the critic scores, it has love, it has momentum. Do I think it wins a massive amount of Oscars? Man, I really I really hope not, because not much about this felt like something that I was watching was the best of the year, even the highlights. I you know, I really? could I could be convinced otherwise that other movies had better cinematography, other movies had better production design. I think it should be nominated, but I don't know that I want it to win all these Oscars, but I and we know far less than someone like Scott Feinberg, who has his finger on the pulse of everything in Hollywood, and as of a week ago had this movie sitting number one in his Feinberg forecast for picture, director, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress, and second in adapted screenplay. That's six categories. So I'll bite the bullet on those six saying it gets nominated. If it lands those, it's probably going to do well in cinematography, production design, and costume design. That's nine. If you want to give me something audible on top of it for sound or song or something, that's ten. I didn't even think about editing until we brought it up earlier. If it's going to be that much of a best picture contender, it's probably landing in the editing nom. I'll put the over under at 10 and a half or 11 for this. And I, I <laughs> I'm not happy with it. <laughs> so we, uh, we hate the best here. on yeah. Mike, Mike Oscar. We just, we love to hate the best. No, I think, uh, I think I'm mostly with you. You said a lot of things there. Uh, look, I, I think, Five categories are really high on my list. Debose, sound, costumes, production, de- design, and cinematography. If they're not one, they're two, three maybe for mm-hmm. me on the year, just in terms of my favorites. And I've, I was able to study the film, take it in again. I saw it on a Limax, which was a pristine viewing experience. It really enhanced it. I saw it uh, I saw it on, on two beautiful screens this uh, this past week. So I, I really enjoyed the production values, and I really enjoyed Ariana DeBose. And if you tell me that Rachel Ziegler gets nominated, I ain't mad at you. Right. If you tell me... Alvarez are faced. I, I, I ain't mad at mm-hmm. you. I'm not even mad at Rita Moreno. I think, you know, give her a bigger performance. You understand the narrative attached to Am that. Am I yeah. mad that Rita yeah. Moreno gets nominated ever? No. Right. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of Rita Moreno. Right. And, and the fact that they worked her in in this way it was, it was fun. It really was fun. And I'm not a huge fan of the original. I still got fan service out of that. That being said, I'm, is this movie going to miss in Best Picture? And, and right. No, no way. I mean, just there's got to be a backlash for Spielberg to miss, especially if it has multiple acting nominees. I would think because that's the biggest branch. Yeah, adapted screenplay seems to be entrenched. Mm -hmm. Looks like you're saying. I mean, that's eight or nine, eight on the low end right now. I don't see how it how how it keeps missing. So you're right. I think it's going to be somewhere, you know, nine, ten, eleven knobs, and that over under of ten, ten and a half. You're picking somewhere around there. It's got to face some serious backlash up till now, or it's got to fall off in terms of relevancy. But I don't think there's enough late breakers still to come where that could happen. Like, like Cyrano's really got to be a smash hit. I don't know why I said smash that. Yeah, way, but. I didn't know what to concentrate on either the point or the uh, enunciation. No, I don't. I don't. Like, I'm just, man, this is. I can't even recommend this as a watch. Well, I like that's where we probably disagree. 
even though the spoiler section is going to be focused. We're going to make our argument for why the story doesn't work. And, and I, I think we would be, I, I think I, I, my, in my brain, I was like, let's have the non-spoiler section be charitable in my mind. But I'm, I'm a this little surprised. This is me being say, charitable. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little surprised by that. I'm a little afraid of what's to come. But then again, if it's, you're. If but you're, it's a big ask, Mike, to sit through two and yeah. a half hours plus of what we got if if even by your yeah, but own there's admission, top level film right but even by your admission like only the first hour is top level stuff well but th- there's still top level production values in the last hour it's just i think it gets overshadowed by my shaking the fist at the story yeah. but you're that's probably right. but i did you're that in the right. first movie too you're probably right i don't know if i'm probably right i think uh I think I'm probably. I'm just upset. I want to like agree. this thing so much more than I do. And this is I want to like. I want to hug everybody. I want to yeah. j- take off all my clothes, jump out the right. window, and join the parade. Right. I want to do it. Same, same. I'm just frustrated. I can't do it. All right, let's talk about why. <laughs> Spoilers ahead. This is a spoiler warning. Spoilers. Spoilers. This is the spoiler section of the movie West Side Story in the Oscars Profile episode brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. If you've not seen the movie yet, this is a good place for you to hit pause. Go check it out at your local theater. We'll be here waiting for you when you come back. If you've seen West Side Story already, if you're curious to hear our thoughts or if we've hyped up the spoiler section for you so much that you need to get down with the sickness with us, this is where (laughs) you need to be. It's all spoilers from this point out all about the twists and turns of Steven Spielberg's West Side Story brought to you by Mike, Mike, and Oscar. Mike... We usually do bests and worsts. We did bests, I feel. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Nobody cares about that. Again, the references we weave in. You needed to. I I care. Catastrophic fuck up number one. Uh And that's just going to be, there's going to be like four or five of these. And we just, we have to go here, right? We just have to. It's amazing that we see it so similarly. Like, I think that's why we do have to go here because you made my job on this doc so much easier. I didn't have to explain what my lowlights were because you already had them and you titled them catastrophic fuck ups. I couldn't agree more. Tony and Maria meet at the dance after a wonderful scene. Love the scene. Love it. And I almost want my breath to be taken away by the camera work. Love the cinematography showing her out of focus with the light. I mean, they didn't do it as blatantly as the first one, but that's as stylistic as the movie gets. Wonderful setup. And then we get it, him creeping on her. And I, it's just, he ruins the scene because he could not be more misplaced. Going after this barely legal Ugh, young woman, Christ. fixating on her. But I like, and then there, the, the symbolism of under the bleachers, uh, which I had, I hated uh, from the trailer. Oh, I, I mean, he's so much taller than her. And it's just love at first sight is bullshit, which you also have down. And I agree. Bah humble, but, yeah, I no, agree. That's, that's, no, I <laughs> listen. Elgort needed to be wiped from the marketing of this movie. I have no idea what Disney was thinking. 
I, I, I genuinely think the viewing experience, at least for people like you and me who do cover the news of this stuff, would have been upgraded had he not been around. And I know... Not everybody feels this way, and I know there's other people that believe in the innocent until proven guilty approach with the type of allegations he's facing. I, I don't care. Whatever. You can call me a hypocrite for being an attorney and having this stance. For me, and doing this, it's impossible to watch him in this. And I got so yeah. creeped out and disgusted by him. And you're 2,000% right, because I, part of the reason I was creeped out and disgusted is the way in which he's positioned makes it even worse and even more difficult to watch him. Had they just taken him out of the marketing of this movie... I, I don't think it would have made, like, the big impact of watching him on screen any easier or lesser, but I, I had this looming dread heading into the theater of, like, cringing and preparing myself and getting antsy, waiting for him to be in the position where the film was begging me to like his character, which it did, and then he plays the reformed bad boy to boot, who then turns bad again. Ew. No. No, thank you. Gr get the hell out of there, Rachel. He's Tony from West Side Story. What are they going to do? Like, I don't blame Spielberg. I don't blame no, Kushner. No, you can't. I don't, I don't know what blame... you do. I, I really don't. I just, I I think featuring him as prominently as they did in the previews is just, you know, I believe in subconscious thought. And I know it played with my subconscious. Like, oh boy, okay, I guess I got to go watch this. It's not like they could, you know, put Christopher Plummer in here either. But it's just God, like, I would have respected that. <laughs> <laughs> De-aged Christopher Plummer could have pulled this one off. No, he could have. He was playing different roles in uh, The Sound of Music, etc. No, look, I think uh, I think there's no way around it. They were they had no choice, and I don't know what they cut that looked even worse than this. Yeah, but I it's just I, we can't unknow what we know. Yeah, it's just it's it's tough watch. It's a very tough watch for for. And again, I'm not. I'm not, you know, you view it how you want to view it. I'm telling you, doing the work we did on the allegations and talking about them and all this stuff, it, it, it's something that sticks with me. It's a tragic casting because rewatching the original, that is a, a highlight of the film. And it works. And it works so well. And it could be breathtaking for, for people out there if it's different casting. So that that is a problem. And that scene is so good. Like here. the cinematography of shooting that high school gym to make it look like such as Grand Ball. If that's like Spielberg, that's what he does. It's, oh, God, and, such a shame. And I was on a high with that scene going the way it was going. Yeah. I really was. I was the, the dancing is stupendous. I loved it. I was on a high, and then he just brought me down to earth, mm -hmm. and I groaned Yeah, I, when I saw him. Small screw-up. This is number two. It's annoying. There's a song about how Tony tries to stop the rumble playing Keep Away with the Gun. You know, maybe drop that in the sea, off the docks when you had the chance. <laughs> the fact that they were playing with me in that scene annoyed me. So this is an annoying screw-up. Uh, I'm not going to get on it as much, but you have this sense of fantasy to that song. Why play with me? I mean, I get the dramatic irony that he gets shot later on with that gun. But, I mean, just drop... I mean, don't have the scene go across, over water. Like, they have that... Yeah. song in the parking lot in a totally different context in the original film but basically after they're running from the cops mm -hmm. so it's totally different they reutilize it there specifically to show us how tony's trying to stop this all from happening i think for the first time in the history of this podcast i'm actually going to defend the viewing experience in, in like not taking the character motivations and actions so Literally. seriously because i I think with this type of movie, you have to make a choice early on. And you got to say either we're in reality or we're not in reality. 
And yeah. I couldn't like if you if you if you watch this halfway and say pick and choose when you're in reality with a musical like this, I think it makes the viewing experience even weirder. And so well, I they had they had that nice mix going for it for so long until that scene where I'm like, all right, you're literally hanging the the gun off the dock. You could just drop it in the water. End of problem. Yeah, but at the very beginning of the movie, you have these guys walking down the streets of this like renovation Lincoln Center project dance flail fighting at one another. Like you can't. I <laughs> I can't. I'm out. This isn't reality to me. So, like, if you want to have these characters playing with guns, go ahead. Play with guns. They probably only fire the cartoon bullets from Who Framed Roger Rabbit anyway. You know, like, I don't care. I am struck by your indifference. I, I, it, it, it fazed me. I mean, it wasn't, you know, whatever. It's an annoying, it's right. an annoyance for me. It's not right. like a huge colossal thing. Uh, but I will get into the classical mistake that I had a problem with in the first movie in my head i am giving them a pass even but it's still a mistake it doesn't make sense like tony snap stabbing bernardo i get it's it's lore at this point but it's melodramatic with how they write the scene and melodrama is of course a disconnect between cause and effect because it's not properly seeded it just happens so fast i mean he's 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 trying to prevent everything from going down moments before yeah and there's no even build-up he just does it so fast <laughs> that like i'm watching it i'm like wait a minute he's just spent all this time singing we're with him the whole time we know he's got a temper it's precedent but and now he's on. a murderer um god this movie um <laughs> i think there was a lot of melodrama in at, from the salt mines the salt warehouse on and I think the closing moments, I think Rachel Ziegler is completely overacting. I didn't want to get on her when you were talking about how great she was with the emotional hype, but like the points. Yeah, I disagree though. I mean, I, she's trying to sell something that's unsellable in my mind, but. Right, yeah, no, I mean, you, yeah, that's a good point. And I could chalk it up to the, the screenplay having even more faults. That's, that's fine. Uh, I think the screenplay does assassinate her multiple times. Never mind the fucking sing-off between her and Ariana DeBose after Bernardo's death. Like we're going to talk about that, but good God. Um, Great song, but right. bad. <laughs> but yeah, there's Dumb some places drama. where both the acting and the editing, I think, are a serious detriment. Uh, is Tony the most conceited character in cinema history, by the way? Like, he's convinced that the Sharks and the Jets are fighting because him and Maria are dating? That's not at all what they're fighting about. The fight was scheduled to happen regardless. It, one of the worst human beings ever <laughs> uh, portrayed on film. Just awful. Just an awful, awful. But I, he's almost satirically awful. Yeah. Right? He's almost so awful. I agree. Like, that's the problem. Like, we're stuck in the POVs of these assholes. Right. right. <laughs> who sit, just so beautiful singers, and I love all the Some music. Some of the best it. voices so, I've heard in music in movie musicals, by the way. I mean, these voices are truly spectacular. Tremendous. Yeah. He, he's so talented, Mr. Elgort. And, and look, I, I get why he kills him. I mean, it makes sense in my brain. I don't want to say it's melodrama because... We know Riff is his best friend. We know that's seated into the script. We know he tries and tries and tries. They're beating us over the head with how much he's trying. They actually moved the song in front of the other songs from the last version to prove to us how much he's trying. And he gets lured and dogged and tricked and angered into it. All that being said, it's even more idiotic in the first movie at why he does it, but it's still dumb here. Like you, Like, he has all this composure... And his friend dies, and he can't 
he, he lashes out. And I, 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 again, I get why, but why prove it to us so thoroughly beforehand? Mm-hmm. Because you're trying to make the end make sense, which also is just completely nonsensical. But all right, you can argue with me on that one. I would, at least in a screenwriting sense, I would say they did enough. Mm-hmm. But in a reality sense, I'm like, what? Are you, what's going on? Like, makes no sense. Like, he can't think in that moment that he's going to... He just met the love of his life, again, two days ago, but yeah. fine. I, I, I'll buy the young love thing. I'll buy it. And I'll even, like I said, I'll forgive this one. This is the classical mistake. Fine, it's the tragic mistake. I'll even buy this one, but all right. And then he goes and gets some pussy. That makes sense, right? <laughs> all right, we're getting there. Can we Can we just say the the choice for I Feel Pretty going in after the rumble, after the soul-crushing... Mike tragedy of the rumble in the remake mike i feel pretty came well before the remake well before we had to you know deal with the troubles of the original film before the tragedies you can just enjoy that fun song even as satirical as it was and i do think it was there's a lot of added you know social criticism in that song especially in the context of her employment, etc. I mean, it really worked, but it comes after the the deaths, the sad deaths. Why do I give a shit what Maria is up to after I've just been on this emotional roller coaster? The whole movie has been leading up to this fight, and you yeah. have this fight, and the climactic, the emotional climax of this fight is two of the main characters are dead now. And the cops are on the hunt for the the, the 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 protagonist of the story. Why do I care what's going on in a department store immediately after? To just to fi- I mean, if ever there was a scene where somebody was like, "Well, we have to put in," I feel like we have to pay homage to the nostalgia. We have to put this song in somewhere. This felt so forced in. It's a great. It song. ruined the pacing of the movie for me, and it was one of Mom One's two. This is so stupid moments because she felt the exact same. She said it when I was thinking it. I don't understand why I would possibly care. And then you have like, how did Chino get there so quickly from the warehouse? Is all this happening on one street? So the the cops, the, she's singing I Feel Pretty while the cops are going on right outside on the search for this big fucking fight. What is going on? This change alone disqualifies it from adaptive screenplay in my mind. I agree. Like, it's a, it totally undercuts what they're trying to do. I get that it supports Maria in that moment. They're trying to condition us to the fact that Maria is truly in love and she doesn't give a damn otherwise. We could, but we couldn't have gotten that friends. from just the... the Ansel Elgort stalking scene beforehand where he like climbs Superman's his way up to the fire escapes. To, like we know she's in love. We get it. They moved that song in front to try and give him a better chance. But the problem is they should have featured her more like she could have been in love. I mean, they, 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 they moved a lot of things around and I think they've done it in the stage play because that's what this was based on. I don't know. I, I don't know the stage play. Unfortunately, I I'm curious about it now. Like what, just from a story structure perspective, like that's a fascinating change, but it really doesn't Not work at all for me. Not at all. And yeah, it makes it, it, it ruins that song. So again, they're undercutting themselves. All right. I, I can't believe this is only colossal fuck up number two, <laughs> but this is Maria rewards him with sex. They have sex after he kills her brother she's known him for two yeah. days yep 
tops at this point. It, it, really, a, a day and a half. And he confirms the fact that he murdered her brother. She didn't believe it when Chino told her. And he confirms this and had to t- see her face. It's not even the and, act of sex that's offensive. To, like, if it was like a, in the heat of passion type thing, I would have... Under, like, it, they just... She's so forgiving of him immediately upon his breaking and entering to her apartment. Like, she's just like, just slap the brother in the face. Slap Bernardo's dead body in in his face. I don't understand if, like, look, if Bernardo was, like, physically abusive to her. Right, Bernardo was an evil stepmother. But they go out of their way to show that it's a, you know, they, they have issues, but it's not like they hate each other or he's hateable and... Yeah, everybody's a racist in this film on both sides, one more than the other. But I think, I think the fact Bernardo is a character we like and she lo- loves, of course she loves, and, and you have, and it's all underscored by Anita's involvement. Like of Bernardo is not only a good brother; he's apparently a great boyfriend and a hell of a dancer. <laughs> like the greatest but this is the other worst scene because outside of the hey wouldn't it be zany if we just cut to a department store with maria after that double homicide shot maria's brother is murdered by a man she met two days ago a man who has stalked her cornered her and broken entered into her apartment maria's brother also anita's boyfriend who have been together presumably longer than 48 hours maria responds to the murder by instantly forgiving him sleeping with him and then when she's confronted by Anita in the next scene, the script gives Maria the moral high ground in the argument with Anita. It's Maria who's explaining about love and loss here. And Maria is the one who's playing the what can I do? My hands are tied. I loved him card to Anita who just had her long term fiance basically murdered in cold blood by a stranger. <laughs> Look, love at first sight, unconditional love. These are values I would love to espouse. <laughs> I don't in this context. Maria has the audacity to send Anita on that errand to deliver her message after this great song, this the most ridiculous song in the history of anything, because she calls her out. This guy murdered right. your brother. He killed your brother. Maybe don't run away right. with him. You like, know? I, But fine. Even if you did, even if you did, this song ends. And they're like, all right, you're insane. <laughs> I do not Anita, support Anita, you. You need to leave. When Maria's singing that song to her, Anita should have been taking off her earrings and her ring, <laughs> like getting ready to tackle Maria and fight her. I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm not. I'm a peaceful man, but I would be furious if I was Anita and the script was giving my opponent the moral high ground in this scene and I'm the asshole? The audacity, <laughs> like... I don't under... It's utterly mind-bottling, and I'll use that term. I don't understand how Anita would agree to run this errand to to secure the fact that, A, her... The love of... Whatever. Her boyfriend's murderer. However much she loved him or didn't love him, it seemed like she loved him. But her boyfriend's murderer will get away with it because of what she's trying to to help secure, number one. And number two, this ludicrous person who just told me and, and could beat me in an argument because she sang so well. 
that this murderer of the my love, who she admits, the only reason she agrees with Maria is because she admits she loved Bernardo. Oh, I had unconditional love for Bernardo, so you must have unconditional. So I, we get right, each other exactly. And like, but, had the script had the script had Anita be like, "Oh, I'll go run this errand for you," and like, had her whole intention been to go to the drugstore to tell everyone Anita uh, Maria's dead, just to be like a fuck you to Maria and Tony. That would have made more sense. But she went there with like, Anita's the greatest character in cinematic history. She's the most true and honest person ever. At this point, like we're right. thinking she is a saint at this right. point. Like for, I mean, maybe the only reason here is it's just pure white guy ignorance, white male ignorance that we both don't know anything about the fact that a cop goes in your kitchen and, sure. and you're yeah, not a yeah, white guy. That's a guy, great point, I think. And yeah. maybe you do anything to get away. And this is literally Man. anything. This sure. is the worst, the most anybody could ask of her. Anita, and she will go and be the do the most Christian thing ever. Do the most and like the fact that she puts her she's allows herself to be in this position boggles my mind. And I think they do an even better job in the original at clarifying the strategic problem of this. Like because in the original they're like, well, Anita is just trying to figure out. She's just trying to probe and do the most unlikely thing ever and find out where Tony is because she's going to send Chino after him. So that's what the group that is. That would have made a ton more sense. Well, that's the original. Very, yeah. It's very clear about it. I yeah. just, you know, just watch it twice. But this movie, like, and, may, and maybe they could have had, like, the subtext being, all right, I'm, this person's dead to me now. Not literally, Maria. Maria's dead to me now. I'm going to go find out where Tony is so I can send Chino after him. And I would not blame her for that no, murderous thing, even not. though it's awful. But, like, I guess, like, Maria, from Maria's perspective, if you're dumb or cold enough to screw your brother's murderer right after you hear of it, then I guess you'd also be cruel enough to send your brother's mourning girlfriend out to the murderer's hiding place to ensure that she and this murderer get away and elope together. Free and then, from any could, I mean, could, could that scene have been handled any worse than what we got? Well, the problem is, the biggest problem... Oh, the problem is, the one tiny little problem with, it, with this, Michael, is... No, the the disconnect between this level of forgiveness that Maria or, or Anita has, and then the level of murderous rage that she has in the very next scene, like that level of vindictiveness. That's, I mean, I don't blame her for the second part. That should have always been the case. But they don't play it through in the subtext. So calamitous fuck up number four is this scene that transpires afterwards. And look. I get that we had fun with the Officer Krupke scene, Michael, but did we know at that time where we're all laughing and joking and dancing and and singing and and having fun, did we know that we were singing and dancing with a bunch of rapists? In both movies, it's the same. And to underscore that, like, (sighs) this is so bad. Like, (laughs) I just, I don't know why we have to have this argument. Why does everybody love this story? I don't understand it at all. And you're completely right. Like, if they're the bad guys, let them be the bad guys. And don't let them be the bad guys because I have a sick pit in my stomach about Ansel Elgort and people, you know, like, like, don't be charming and don't write them to be like, ah, ah we're just rap scallions, Officer Krupke. Now let me and 12 of my fucking friends try to molest and rape this girl against her. What the 
fuck are you talking? And never mind the fact that it felt so bizarrely out of place and out of tone with the rest of the movie up to that point. Like that, that attempted rape scene. And that's the scene where Rita Moreno's character comes out. She calls them all rapists. That's supposed to be this big, emotionally hefty scene because she's supposed to be this like grandmother figure. I've seen you all grow up. What monsters you are. And like, yeah, in a vacuum, I see what they were going for. But with the tone of the movie and the tenor of the movie up to that point, I was just so put off by the whole fucking thing because it felt like it was coming out of left field. I think if you recontextualize it all on rewatch, I, I, I do think it's even more sinister in the uh, original, by the way, because they have like this joking dance thing where they're they're like almost simulating sex by lifting one of their buddies on top of Rita Moreno. It's disgusting, but it, I think it's purposeful. I mean, they're trying to speak out against, you know, this this horrible, un, under-publicized uh, uh, Then make you know, it plague. a theme. Yeah, then make it a theme throughout the movie. Like, you can do that. You can. There's a way to, in which to address it without just dropping it on us like that in a Disney film, no less. I like the fact that Rita Moreno calls it out, like you say. Uh, but I think that it totally undercuts the rest of the film. And, and like you say, it, it totally blows up the tone. Like, we can't, like, you can't rewatch officer krupke with all these same rapists no fuck these assholes it's not just about demonization it's that the movie bends over backwards to prove to us that these guys aren't they're just rap scallions they're just schlocky yeah we're gonna we're gonna go to the dance see they're just boy like fuck you they're not really racist they're just fighting over territory and they just they don't like all these people it's not just all these fucking assholes that's bullshit it's bullshit of course they're rapists and of course they're racists and again, it's not about demonizing the other side. It's about the fact that you're you're putting us in their POV through most of the film, and you're hiding this information from us because you're hiding the ball, which is freaking sin, categorically one of the, the worst sins of screenwriting that they teach you. If you hide these horrible things about the character, you're being dishonest, disingenuous with your audience. That's why you get good guys, bad guys in a lot of these movies, and that's the simple way to approach it. But you also, you got to be honest with your audience about who these characters are, and you got to be clear when you show them being characterized. And I wonder if... This is not... This was studio intervention, too, because they know this is going to be a big Oscars player. And it's I could absolutely see Disney sitting around the table being like, what the hell kind of movie are we going to chase Oscars with if, if, if rape's going to be at the center of it? So let's do what we can to minimize that, except that in minimizing it, you're to- you, what you're saying is it's totally disingenuous. You're insulting your audience. You're insulting the people that are paying money to see it. And the if you're not prepared for it, it it's a fucking lead balloon on the entire plot and the pacing of their story. Maybe a fifth watch of this movie. It's all there in the subtext. And that's why I wanted to rewatch it in a way. And that's why I watched the original a couple times. I don't think so. I think they're I think they're they're hitting on it when they want to hit on it and pat themselves on the back for hitting on it. I, I don't think they, they float into There's the rest of the movie. There's nothing more at all. frustrating than people who think are being woke in their own way that like causes more harm than good and it's a very this is why you know twitter is in the shape it's in because it's such a complex issue with like a billion layers but this to me strings strikes as something that like people who felt they did a great job of addressing a controversy and dressing wokeness and like patting themselves on the back more so than just telling a story and being true and honest with it i think a lot of other best picture winners at least their stories and the, the best picture front runners that we've covered, like Green Book and Shape of Water, the stories flow 
in a structural way, the King's Speech, that follow industry tradition and accentuate what works throughout industry tradition and storytelling tradition. Like, the, the, it's fundamentally sound is what I'm trying to say. This story is fundamentally unsound, yeah. and it's surpassed by the production values, by the beautiful music, by the wonderful performances, and the top-notch filmmaking. It's true in 1961. It's true in 2021. Steven Spielberg is one of the greatest directors ever, yeah. and he's got a crew of some of the best this industry's ever seen, and they're all shining in this movie. But, this, like, again, I come back to the story, and I'm, like, grossed out by it. I agree with yeah. you. I can't, I can't, I mean, and for that scene specifically, I mean, I have big problems with, I guess we could start talking about final grades too. I mean, you know, there were highlights. We highlighted them in the non-sports. Do you have anything else you want to highlight as a, as a positive? Well, I love some of these songs like tonight, tonight, even despite him, it's so beautiful. It it surpasses anything. They they, they sing it so well. I, I, I'm, I'm in awe of that scene. I'm on a high. Mike, America, Ariana DeBose at the centerpiece of America, Daylight West Side Story. Felt like I was in the Heights there. That felt like something that should have been from the movie, In the Heights. It was great. One of the best scenes of the year, if not the best scene of the year. Like, I'm going to remember that scene forever and the first time how I felt watching them sing that scene and dancing in the middle of the street. And, like, the yellow dress with the red, Mm -hmm. you know, underneath of that dress. I, I think that's perhaps... You know, it's definitely my, one of my favorite scenes of a musical this year, but one of my favorite musical scenes ever. Just incredible, incredible. So the highs of that, and then the highs of Rita Moreno's song, mm-hmm. the, giving her somewhere, giving her the character of Doc's widow, essentially in the role of Doc from the original, she gets somewhere, there's a place for us, that song that he sang, that Tony sang in the first movie, I, it worked out extremely well. I thought it was perfect, and it, it gave... It gave Rita Moreno the hammer, right? You thought, but no, we don't get that. And you know, look, I'm not I'm not the Shakespeare scholar that I should be, that I used to be, maybe in in school, or whatever. Romeo and Juliet, I don't remember it that well, but I don't remember melodrama with it. I, I remembered the tragedy of it all, and this one just felt like they were shielding us from the final tragedy of it all that we could have gotten if they followed Romeo and Juliet to its end. So again, they half-assed the Romeo and Juliet story, literally half-assed it. And I know I'm saying literally like a 19-year-old, but I work with kids. I can't it also it. makes It also makes absolutely no sense because it made the world seem entirely small. It looked like this whole entire thing happened on one city block, and if that's the case, the cops would be crawling all over. And Tony wouldn't have been sure. It's just, it, it's nonsense. It's, it's, it's a lot Why of Why does she have the climactic lesson to tell us? Maria, who... Could not have offended us more than yeah, what we talked about with Anita. Could not have offended us more for her, quote-unquote, unconditional love of this murdering asshole. The entirety of this hinges on the believability. Like, you, you look, going into this movie, love at first sight exists, and so do soulmates, okay? And soulmates know when they're soulmates, okay? You have to believe that to watch this movie. Okay. And we live in reality. Even if that's true... <laughs> If that blinds you about being so inconsiderate of your the grieving widow of your brother, yeah. which you should be able to understand, and then uh, never mind that, the fact that she has the audacity to give the the end speech of the movie, which she I thought you know you disagree with me about the acting, I thought she pulled off, is I'm like oh yeah that's a great speech, but the the fact that her character has the audacity to do that. 
uh, mind-bottling. Uh, you hit on a lot of highlights. This looks gorgeous. It's very well acted. These are some of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard in a cinematic musical. Uh, those are the positives, without question. But this is a story that spans 150 minutes plus. The first 70, which to me are boring. The final 90 of which are a mix of laughable, infuriating, and just nonsensical. And and the most shocking part is I'm not sure, because of what we just discussed in the past 20 minutes or so, I'm not sure this movie as a whole, I don't know if it's a bigger screw-up, or I don't know if it's going to fail the test of time more so than the 61 original did, but if someone wanted to make the argument, I don't know how I can defend this movie in those ways. I get angry when the pieces of something greater are there, and they seem to be purposely shied away from because of the studio or the powers that be. They don't want to make certain statements. And I really, really feel like that may have happened here. This could have been something special. And instead, Steven Spielberg, of all people, was at the helm of something that may have further screwed up West Side Story, which makes no sense to me, but I can't help but feel. I also can't help but feel if he just did a straight shot-for-shot remake remedying those equality and representation issues from 1961. And if he just did a Spielbergian shot-for-shot remake, we'd have a better film than what we ended up with here. And that is infinitely infuriating to me. I don't know how this went so awry. It's going to, all those are going to keep this from being a B grade for me because it seems so simple. This seems so simple. And if I give points for degree of difficulty, I feel like I have to subtract points for something that seemed like it was too good to fail and too easy to fail in this way. I'm a 78 C plus. It may be lucky to be that high. I can't call this movie a B. Yeah. I, uh, I'm not, I don't know where I am, to be honest with you, because I think, I think the first 90 minutes on first watch are like a master. I, I was just in awe. My second watch, I, I'm recontextualizing everything and I'm, I'm still like a B plus because I'm still living on highs. And then obviously the last hour is like an F minus. I just despise it despite I, I, I mean look the music is always great though the music mm-hmm. is always great in the movie the production value is always great in the movie so it tells you how much i i you know we both love a good story and require a good story i don't I, it's a quantity and quality argument like the the yeah. amount of good things outweigh the bad but the depth of the quality of the good versus bad things it's i don't think it's close it's it's it there's objectively <sighs> Horrifying I don't want to rewatch it either. That's yeah. where I'm at. So I'm like, all right, what what is what does it average out as? Is it average out around a C? Does it average out around a C plus? I don't know. I don't know if people care about the grades at this point for for me. I, I probably would say it's like a B minus C plus. I probably would agree with you. The highs are very high. And I tried to be fair this episode. I know the spoiler section, we kind of focused on the negative and you know, we yada yada the positives and we didn't we didn't dissect the positives. There are positives to dissect. That being said, you know, what's your movie going experience? What I, both of us had bad experiences yeah. with this movie? How many times and with this story? How many times? I don't. I just disagree fundamentally with the story and the casting is clearly again a major problem in this instance. Like if they cast Tom Holland or I don't know one of the Hemsworths, youngest Hemsworth. I don't know who could sing and dance. Who's young? I had a moment in the theater where I did genuinely think, "How is Tom Holland not in this?" So mm-hmm. I think that's perfect. I know he could sing and dance. He's got like viral videos where he's singing and dancing up a storm. So he's got that training as well. He's an athlete. I mean, is he tall enough? Is he Tom is he... Holland singing Rihanna's "Umbrella"? 
in the leather getup that he wore from <laughs> Lip Sync Battle. He can handle whatever, movie. yeah. I would have given this movie a B if that was in this movie. It, it, despite we would, he's he's irresistible as a movie star right now. I don't know. I, I think uh, this movie. I, f- I feel so upset right now. I feel it ran so into a bullet. We usually talk about dodging a bullet. This movie yeah. ran into one. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. This movie is its finale. This movie, <laughs> and the and the 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 detractions of it are so like serious to me that I don't even have like Parasite. I had fun disagreeing with everyone about. I don't have fun disagreeing with like I just don't want to talk about this movie. Uh well, guess what? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Look, I think we could be fair throughout the season and talk about. I mean, that's where I'm going to try and be. I, I, you know, it's it's hard to get angrier than we did today with it, or did, than we did coming out of the theaters. And you know, that's not where we want to be. But I, I, I feel like we could be fair with it. I, I don't know. I don't think we're gonna. That's just our talk dude. Shit I mean, about look, it for the next three gonna... months, are we? You may not. <laughs> no, we're look. We're gonna bring our analysis. We, what we want to happen with it, and what we think are going to happen with it, are always going to be two separate conversations, anyway. And I think we're, you know, it's it's our duty to kind of always let the audience know when we're talking about one of those conversations versus the other. So yeah, in terms of what it's going to do at the Oscars, we're going to be objective and we're going to give you our best shot at it. But I, I, I imagine all the way along the way, much like how I handled Parasite. You'll be hearing me say snide comments off the cuff where it's like, why? <laughs> but that doesn't mean it won't do any. It doesn't mean it'll do any good. It doesn't mean it'll keep it from winning or anything. Well, next episode, we'll, we'll ba- be back to our dad joking selves. <laughs> and uh, hopefully we can get a, get put this behind us. Well, as always, dear listener, not to end on a downer, but we do want to hear from you. And like we said at the outset, you know, are we wrong? Are we right? Tell us where and why. You can leave us all those on our social medias as well as any other comments, questions, or concerns you have. About the audacity of you asking them. I, this I, I have to, like, I can't just, there's every fiber of my being that just wants to hit the stop button right now and just <laughs> put it out without an exit. Like, just sobbing into the microphone about how miserable I feel right now after this. But well, we need oh, their help. We need yeah, we need we our do. audiences. We help, need so guidance, please. Uh, as always, so you can uh, leave us the comments about this as well as anything else we do in the MMO Empire. Uh, we are Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook and Instagram at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Mike, Mike, and Oscar at gmail.com.com. and on Reddit. We are available wherever you hear podcasts. And if you're listening to us on the Apple Podcast app, if you would be so kind as to leave us a five star review, if you appreciate what we do here, uh, those really do go a long way. We thank all of you for that. Uh, once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to us all year long. Uh, can't believe some of the numbers that we uh, pulled in and we're extremely proud of. And if you keep listening, we're going to try to keep giving you reasons to keep tuning in. So thank you once again for that. Uh, Michael, tell the good people what is coming next. And uh, Bradley Cooper is going to have sex with a fish man. <laughs> we, look, we got, I think this was our 20th uh, film study on the year, something like that. And we got a couple more left. We got Nightmare Alley that we want to do. We got Spider-Man No Way Home. That'll be a movie event, film study, maybe an Oscars player. I'm hearing some VFX. I mean, the way people are taking that in, it's uh, it it's might being be received fact. like Dune was. Yeah, it's, it's it's universally universally beloved at this moment. It's going to be the third of a trilogy. You never. I'm, I'm already getting the rationalizations ready, Michael, uh, for making that an Oscar sprint <laughs> profile. But I'm very excited to see Spider-Man, Nightmare Alley. Uh, we're going to do an Oscar race checkpoint next on Critics' Choice, Spirit nominations uh, from some other body that uh, came out that we have to cover 
begrudgingly, but we're going to have a special guest on for those we think we hope, uh, if not this week, then next week when we discuss Oscar shortlists. So there's a lot coming out from MMO before the Christmas holiday, around the Christmas holiday, afterwards, licorice pizza, Cyrano, a whole bunch of stuff after the holidays as well. And of course, all our category reviews. So we have fun this season. We have fun with movies. The words of wisdom today is that we still, we swear, love movies. <laughs> we love them. We love plays. We love musicals. I mean, the fact that today is it's not just a couple of, you know, to have, you know, whatever, wannabe meatheads that don't love musicals that get mad at music. No, we love musicals. We grew up on them. I think. Chicago was the best film of 2002. We're in indisputably. this business because we love musicals. We couldn't be in this business otherwise. So the fact that, yeah, we, we don't love this particular musical, it is what it is. I'm just going to spend, I'm going to spend the rest of the time apologizing. Justifying and apologizing. <laughs> I swear to God, we're good. <laughs> just questioning everything. Just that's how I that's end I mean. every that's, episode. That's just, how we've gotten, we've done this long enough where now we are just giving ourselves complexes and why we don't fall in line with the crowd. Wide eyes of doubt and fear. And th- that's how I end every episode, just shaking. <laughs> don't that, be afraid. Re- don't be afraid to stand out. I think nah. Maybe that's the. That's that's what we got to do. That's yeah. the words of wisdom. There's the, you know, if everybody's saying something's good, you, you don't be afraid to tell it. That it's absolute garbage. No. I think uh, no. I think cinema's <laughs> finest uh, advice was be brave, <laughs> be brave. Great. I know you like that deep cut, but I think I heard that somewhere. Was, yeah. I think it was in, from a great movie. Correct. You know what? Better movie than this one. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, when reality or the movies you're watching are rough, you can come check out the rest of the Oscars field with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make a war season year round without the stuffiness. We will see you all very soon. See ya.